Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. WTF it's called. Welcome to it. Glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Got a good show today. I'm doing all and I'm trying to do the stuff that people do at the beginning of shows. Oh man, what have we got for you today? What a show. And then I'm supposed to tell you what's on the show today on the show. And then I'm going to say some names and uh, fr- and say uh, and set them up properly from the movie Lady Bird and uh, Roseanne. Of course, uh, we have Lori Metcalf is with us today on the show here in the garage. Ugh, see, I can do that. But Lori is here and it was really an honor to speak to her because I think she's one of the greatest uh, actresses we have at this juncture also uh before Lori, i'm gonna do a little shorty with uh with my pal tom segura tom segura is here he's got a new comedy special out called disgraceful segura is a very funny guy i always like seeing him so he stopped by how's everybody doing you all right how's it feel to be uh living in a country that's slowly becoming one of the bigger shitholes on the planet and i'm saying that like like we're using the word shithole now. But I, yeah, I have to be honest with you. I still believe in my heart that a much larger percentage of people uh, just think that this this president's a shitty person and a shitty president. That's the amazing thing about what's happening right now is there really is no way to deny that he is probably the worst president we've ever had. But also the fact that he's a shitty person. There's just no way to, to deny it. He's, he's one of the great shitty people. Like right up there with the shittiest people ever. And this is not political. I am not being partisan. I'm not being liberal, Democrat, progressive. I'm not speaking from the left. This is just an observational reality. You can watch this guy for an hour and go like, holy shit, this guy is one of the shittiest people that's ever lived, let alone to lead a country or do anything. He's just a horrible, compassionless, spiteful, hateful delusional person this is not partisan politics this is not this is just an astute observation from another human being here's the political part worst fucking president we've ever had here's the non-political part shittiest person i think i've ever seen uh get attention in mainstream culture in 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 the history of the planet how's that is that overdoing it just a shitty person we all know it I'm tired of looking at his face. I'm tired of seeing pictures of his face and the weird thing he does with his mouth when he talks and all the pictures. It's this weird pucker hole. Ugh, no shortage of aggravation. 
but I'm trying to stay chipper. Uh, I did go to the uh, Critics' Choice Awards last week, last Sunday. It was my first awards show. I wore my uh, fancy suit. Me and uh, Sarah the Painter got uh, decked out in my new three-piece suit, my new shoes. Felt great. Felt great to be in the fancy suit. Uh, And now, like, I only have that one suit, and it probably costs as much as three suits, three pretty good suits. But uh, I have it, and I'm going to have it forever. But now I got the SAG Awards coming up, so what do I do? I wear the same suit, maybe with a different shirt or without the vest. Is that how it works? Or does this how, am I just going to keep upping it? Am I now in the world where I need to get a few more suits? I don't think so. I think if anything, I'm on my way out of the world in my mind and in my heart. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in northern New Mexico uh, cooking on a gas stove. That's where I am, making tea, looking at the birds, waiting for the snow to melt. So the Critics' Choice Awards, my first award show as a nominee. It's actually only my second award show in that, on that level at all. I, was, I, I went to the Independent Spirit Awards once because I was a presenter. And this was another, this was down, it was in an, a, a hangar, an airport hangar at Santa Monica Airport, the Critics' Choice Awards. And like I said, we're all dressed up. I talked to people. I got pictures taken. It's always really kind of a weird thing to, to walk a line and, you know, have a bunch of photographers there. And when I walk up, they're just you know, not that excited, but when an, an actress walks up, they're like, hey, 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 with me. I'm like, Mark Maron. They're like, Mark, over here, Mark, over here. I'm, it, I'm not complaining. It's just part of the gig. But uh, again, as some of you know, I do enjoy, I don't know, I like looking at movie stars. I like, that's why I like watching these shows. And I, you know, I get to the show, we get seated. I'm at the table with Allison Brie, Betty Gilpin, some executives from Netflix, and then a couple of people I did not know. Food was not great. It was sitting there already when we got there. But a bunch of big tables, and it was a huge place. And it's one of those situations where you, there's so many people there that you can't see, you, you can't just, you know, notice all the celebrities. You just, all of a sudden, you just, kind of moving your eyes across the horizon of folks. Angelina Jolie was right in front of me, sitting with the uh, the the head of Netflix, Ted. Next to, on the other side of Ted, was Adam Sandler. And he was. they were right at the next table for me. And in my mind, I've, I always thought there was a little bit of tension between me and Adam. And I thought, well, let's, let's get this done. Let's just go up and say hi. And I walked up and I'm like, hey, Adam. He's like, Marin, Marin, there's Marin. How are you, Marin? And uh, very pleasant interaction. So I did not win. Allison did not win. Glow did not win. Betty did not win. Uh, it was an evening of losing for us at our table, but it was it was nice. And Allison looked pretty, and Betty looked pretty, and everybody was dressed up. And I, I honestly, when I saw who I was up against, one of which was Walton Goggins, who I'd like to have on the show, I was like, that guy, that's the guy, that's the guy who should win. For vice principals, are you kidding me? That fucking character was crazy and funny and deep and fucked up. And I and I had no expectation to win. And, and I didn't. Walton Goggins won. But this was great. Walton Goggins got up there. He's like, I can't believe uh, I won this. This is great. But like Mark Maron, I'm up against Mark Maron, all these other great actors. Mark Maron, who doesn't love what Mark Maron? Walton Goggins said that. Now it was very nice of him to say. And I want him on the show. I don't think that was his intention. <laughs> I, I'll take him at his word that he enjoyed my performance and that he likes me, but I would like to talk to him in here, so maybe we can make that happen. Uh, what's been ha- I mean, dude, that stuff in Hawaii, that false alarm in Hawaii, man, 
that will be a very memorable vacation for a lot of people. Hope honeymooners who are down in Hawaii that 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 half hour there must have been a real test of the <laughs> of your of your new love. I'll tell you that. I bet you it was a real test for a lot of people that half hour. How you looked at the people you love, your family. I, I bet you there was a lot of good and a lot of uh, you know sad rev- revelations in that half hour. <laughs> a lot of uh, admissions, confessions, behavior in the face of the worst kind of potential adversity. I wonder. I, I'd like to hear those stories. Someone call Ira Glass and tell him to, when the time is right to do a story reflecting back on that 35 minutes. Do with this American Life about the stories of the 35 minutes anticipating nuclear annihilation. I'm sure there's some heartbreak, some humor, and uh, just some pure unfiltered terror that elevated, destroyed, and uh, brought people closer uh, in terms of relationships. I'm going to try not to try make it trite by making the jokes that I made on stage last night about the possibilities of what could have happened in those moments with people. And I'm not laughing in a in a mocking way. It's just a heavy thing to go through. And uh, there's a, a bit of gratitude we should all feel that our, our, our uh, horrendous president was playing golf and probably wasn't informed until after the fact. So he didn't act rashly. Uh, you know, I laugh and I breathe when complete and utter discomfort. It's not uh, condescension or laughing at. It's, it's literally just anxiety and complete discomfort. So Tom Segura is here. And uh, I like this guy. I like his wife as well, uh, Christina. Uh, she was on just recently. And uh, they're both comedians. But Tom is our guest today. And he's... Um, He's got a new special called Disgraceful. It's now streaming on Netflix, and he dropped by, and this is me talking to Tom Segura. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best podcast possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read the foxed page is for you get it now wherever you get your podcasts so this special though you just did one right i i did one that came out in 2016 right the beginning of 2016 and And was that the one that went huge i mean that one really gave me a nice bump yeah Yeah. i mean the the one before that was not an original, but it was licensed. What was that one called? That was called Completely Normal. Yeah. And that definitely changed things for me, but it wasn't like- On the road. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like, oh my God, you know, huge. It's just like now the, the clubs would sell out. Right. And it, But it was also, that was gradual. It wasn't right. like the next week. Right. It was like kind of yeah. month by month. I think the that is very healthy way- to have the progress go right so the, and then the special after that the last one was called what it was called mostly stories and this one's called disgraceful and where'd you shoot where'd you shoot i it? shot it at the paramount in denver for netflix yeah yeah and 
so you say it's gradual. So now you're selling out theaters regular? Yeah. Like what size? I mean- 2,000? Yeah. 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 So that one was like, that one was two 2,000 seaters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, that's, but that's like pretty crazy to me that that's happening. I but think like, I played there. I think I played the Paramount in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I sold them all, but I, I think it's a nice theater. It's, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I'm saying that like- that happened, I feel like, over the course of three or four years, right? Where it was right. like clubs, bigger clubs, rock club, right. small theater. Yeah, 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 theater. yeah. It, yeah, that's the way it's, it's good because you kind of see it coming. Yeah, like, yeah. Here you go. Yeah. And but you're and also you still got to work for a living. Absolutely, man. <laughs> I felt like I really was hoping that I wouldn't have to. Like <laughs> Me too. I was talking yeah. to people about like, yeah. maybe I'll take 2018 off. You yeah, know, it was great. Right. 2017 I was did dope. it. I did it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting on some cash. Yeah. But then we fucking, it's so dumb because like you, you think you're not going to do it, but you went and bought the house. I know. And you just, you had the baby? Yep. How many you got? Two, one? No, I got one. Yeah. All right. So like, you're probably going to have another one? Probably, maybe. Right? Well, my wife had a dream that you, this week with you. What? That you fucking, that she was pregnant in a dream. Yeah. And she goes, and then Mark Marin came up to me and was like, that's my kid. <laughs> And I was like, no more glow for you. Turn that shit off. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, buddy. I, I, I don't have no recollection of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I had nothing to do with it. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I know. But, but then your lifestyle changes. You off your nut. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, 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 you do, even if you don't plan to do it, it's a weird thing that, because it, culture forces you to do it. Yeah. You know, you're expected to do it. Totally. And, and the problem with it is, is when you do it, you're like, this is pretty good course this is sort of you know even if you thought you weren't working towards that it's like this is what we were working towards and isn't it crazy that it takes you to make money to realize you don't have shit as far as money like you know what i mean yeah. like first yeah. time you make like you know substantial money, money yeah. you're like at the end of the like when they everything's broken down for yeah. you and commissions and yeah. taxes you're like i don't have shit right like, I, I mean it's i have a little left over right but like i definitely have to go back to work you got a kid now yeah how old's that kid he's two now just turned two and your wife's very lovely. Yes, she was here. Thank, thank her for the the Sartre book. Yeah. I know it was a it was pressing, and she was like, "I got to get that to you." She really <laughs> emphasized I have to bring this to you today. I was like, "I got it." <laughs> well, you know, she is having my baby, so yeah. yeah. I know. Fucking <laughs> good luck with that kid. Thanks, but, man. Yeah, I mean, you better stop by <laughs> occasionally. I think you'll do a better job than me. I, I think don't know. It's, I think it's the situation is perfect. <laughs> but if you need my help, yeah. Um, She's doing well too. That I mean, her special was great. It's great, and she uh, she just announced, you know, like it's pretty. It's exciting for me, yeah, because I feel like I recognize it from my own experience, yeah. That she just you know announced um, some club dates, yeah, and then got a call like, oh, that show sold out. Do you want to add it? And I was like, oh shit. So I was like, maybe I don't have to work as hard. <laughs> Maybe this yeah. time off thing's going to pay off. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Well, how man. do you, but how do you, how have you always balanced that? You, you know, because I remember talking to her, and I don't know if I talked to you the last time specifically about, you know, being married to a comedian, but, uh, but it works out. You guys, I yeah, mean, it's the thing is, it's always been our norm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I, I but do you help each other with jokes? Not, I mean, not really. Not right. Really. I, like, I, I mean, there's, there's never been envy. You have problems? No, there'll be things that like, you know, I feel like a lot of comedy from any comic comes yeah. from conversation. Sure. Right? You talk to people. Right. Oh yeah, that's and my bit. Yeah, so right. it's like, yeah. like you, you know, know, we're talking yeah. and then she'll be like, that's my shit right there. Like, cause she said something yeah. and I'll be like, oh yeah. And then, you know, you, you're kind of adding to the conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. So in that sense, 
that that that's been happening forever for forever yeah. you know but do you have a like can i have that do you do that kind oh of yeah yeah of course can i do that yeah can i do that yeah and then i also have this thing where i go it's like living with your writer yeah if if she gives me really big disapproval i'll be like that's a good one yeah yeah so right, like right, if, right. if i say something she's like oh and i'm like that's a that's, yeah, that's I, in the act that's in the keeper yeah, that's a keeper for sure <laughs> because you disapprove so hard well i guess what's good is that you're both doing well like, yeah, I mean, if she wasn't doing well, it might be a different situation. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. if I wasn't, oh my god, I'm <sighs> sure I'd be like so depressed about it. Right. But getting back to that whole idea of like being here, of like finding the popularity. So you don't like it was just you just put those specials out there and it happened. And that's yeah. what did it. Yeah. It's wild, right? Yeah, it's totally wild, man. People just started coming around. Yeah. Do they all kind of do you do you know your fans? Do you know the type of people that come? Is it a broad s- swath it's, of people? It's somewhat broad. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's mostly I'm lucky that it's a, like it's in, you know, grown-ups. Like, it's grown-ups. They're kind of in that ideal age range of like late 20s to early 40s yeah. and um yeah. you know, I one thing this sounds like a brag, but we we talk about it. Christine and I both yeah. have been told by a lot of staff like at they venues, tip good they're like your fans are polite they're laughers they tip well and like that makes us feel like yeah oh, i, I get awesome. that too it's great like yeah, yeah you they're grown-ups like, yeah you have like good they're like you have good fans and they might hang out for a while if you keep doing new shit yeah you might hold them because they're obviously some of them have families they're taking time off yeah. they're getting a sitter to go see you they're not just kids that are gonna stop giving a shit about you in two years right. when they're out of college yeah they're kind of they're like, yeah. like a following right? yeah so, right yeah so now but I, you can hold them because they're yes. nice they're, they're grown-ups and now i have that this familiar i'm sure you you definitely have to be kind of in it too because yours came out a few months not that long ago yeah. a few months ago right where it's like the thing's out and you're like god damn it Another and end. and I know the thing is the feeling is the same, uh, the the anxiety. Which one? The anxiety of like I have I'm back to zero. Yeah, I got to do another hour. But uh, but at least it's familiar. In other words, I recognize it from the previous. Hour. Yeah, you know, like I didn't know where the last one was going to come from. I really didn't know. And then you do it a bit at a time, right? Like you just kind of. Well, what I would use, what I would do is, yeah, you do it a bit at a time, but then you find like you know you get that like fifteen or twenty of new shit that's mm-hmm. really working. You mm-hmm. kind of play out it. But like what I used to do is I used to go over to the Steve Allen and just oh, yeah. and just book out you know four Tuesdays in a month and just run through whatever I'm thinking, just improvise an hour and a half to record hours. it, yeah, and just think through shit. And see see what builds. Like it's weird though. Like every time you're up against it, it, where it, it does come. I don't know how. You know, I don't know. I got to get a new one, but I have no plans to do a special. But I got to tour a little bit. Yeah, I actually good. this is like this is what my new brain did. The old brain wouldn't have done this. My new brain was like, you know, I did a lot of stuff that nobody saw. Like I did a lot of stuff over the years before I was popular or like that, like my epic special. Not many people saw that. Yeah. So like, why don't I do just sort of a greatest hits? There thing? you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, I love that part of the brain. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I have a whole CD that no one ever fucking heard. No one heard. ever heard. Did you take it out? Did, did you I? do it? I mean, did you do that? Do you... No. I don't, I know. I don't do it either. Like, no. because like those bits die in your head. Totally. It's weird. It's so funny to me too, where when people are like, are you going to do this tonight? Are you going to, or like, why didn't you do that bit? And I'm like, you know it. Why would you yeah. ask me? Why, you wanted to see the bit that you I liked? did, by the way. I got so, and I'm people, you know, people get in your head on this last tour. Yeah. They were like, you should do, like, you should do an encore of like 
a big these, bit. Yeah, uh, over like these five that's, bits that people love. That's not bad. So I was like, all right, man. I go, I just don't feel comfortable doing it. You know, I was just, uh, I was just being honest. I was like, yeah. I, I don't feel. And then I did a show somewhere. I forget yeah. where I was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so I went out and I, I was like, people have asked me to do this, so I'm going to do it. And I started an old bit, humongous ovation, and then did the bit, complete silence, like no laughs. Yeah. Every they they know the yeah. bit. <laughs> and then at the end, applause. Yeah. I was like, it's like a fucking what? performing for my grandmother or something. Like, what are you talking? I was like, that was horrible. But were they happy? These- yeah, but I mean, like, there were no laughs. Like the part where I used to get laughs, they were like, yeah, I know this part. <laughs> I know, I know this is a funny part, but Why would I, I already know it. Yeah. It's nice of him to do it. Yeah. I, I, I've never seen it live. It felt so uncomfortable. I was like, I'm fucking never doing that again. Never again. I mean, to me, it felt very uncomfortable. Like, the, like, here's the thing with me. Like, I know there's a bit that's about a 12-minute bit that I worked really hard on for, like, months, and I never made it onto a special, and I did it once on a TV, like, on John Oliver's stand-up thing. You're good to do that, though. Right? Definitely. Yeah, it's Definitely. like a big piece. Oh, for sure. Man. It was in my book though too. But then you just—I just don't know. No, that's fine. Right? Yes. And now I got, but now I got to get back up. I got to get it back up on its feet. That's fine. Gotta, <laughs> That'll gotta, feel like fun work to do. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I got to go watch it. Yeah, I find the tapes. I did a private event last year yeah. where this, uh, you know, corporate guys, uh-huh. and they were like party guys. I was like, why hire me for a corporate event? And they were like, ah, we're big fans from Texas and blah blah blah. And I fly out and I do, and I'm like meeting them five hours before the show. Yeah. And they're like, uh, I was like, so just be clear, like, you know, I'm just going to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. Uh, when I do this show tonight. Yeah. And they're like, well, we were hoping that you would do this, 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 and this, like all like five old bits. And I was like, all right. And they're like, I mean, is that a problem? I'm like, I mean, I kind of forgot them, but I'll go work <laughs> on it. So. <laughs> I went to Netflix. I brought up the special. Really? Then I bought the album on my phone. You bought your own album? I That's bought my good. own album, <laughs> yeah. which is horrible because now it plays in my shuffle sometimes, <laughs> like on my car. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> hear my own voice doing stand-up. Is that weird? Mine's in my shuffle too. That was, was horrible. Yeah. What is this? Oh my God. But you forget that like you forget the beats yeah. and like the pauses and right. all that stuff right. that becomes muscle memory. Yeah. And so I was, yeah, I mean, just doing it. Did felt, you load up? Did you were able to load up? I was head? able to do a few of them. Yeah, yeah. But I, de- I know, I knew when I was doing that, that I was like, you know, I was forgetting like a tag here. Or, right. Or, well, that's the weirdest thing is like when you get off and you're like, I forgot the, the, the hinge to the joke. Yeah. The, <laughs> like yeah. I, I missed the whole middle. Yeah. So what's, what's going, so it's New Year's. Did you do anything? Is anything going to change in your mind? Do you do resolutions? Would you? Ugh, no. I didn't do any. I didn't even think about it. I went to bed at 10. I didn't even fucking, did you work? No. I don't work on New Year's. That felt like a, a huge accomplishment. When you I, decide not to work on New Year's? Yeah, it's I, the I, best thing. I haven't done it now in a couple of years. Me I talked neither. to. Uh, I've done an early show. Sometimes I'll do the comedy store at like eight, but not. I want. I want to be home yeah. before the weirdness starts. I don't want to be out with the animals at all. Oh no, are you fucking kidding me? I talked to Joey Diaz um, the other <laughs> yeah. day, and I go, he just he just checks in, you know how you doing? Yeah. And then I was like, he was like, yeah, I went down to Huntington Beach for New Year's. I go, oh, you worked that that new room there? He's like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? I'm not a fucking animal. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't work New Year's. I'm not a pig. And I was like, all right. And he was like, no, I got a hotel with the wife and the kid. I was like, okay. I just was asking. 
<laughs> he got took offense. Took offense that I suggested he work New Year's. A lot of people do, I guess. Like, but I think some people make a fortune. But if you, yeah. like, but the idea, like, I'm going to do a spot at the store. Yeah. You know, for four hundred hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not. It's just not. I don't know. Whatever. I don't even know if it's that much. I remember ten years ago hearing. It was like folklore about New Year's pay for yeah. people, you know? Like, <laughs> right, right. Like people, I'm like, yeah. you got you win the fucking lottery on New Year's? Yeah, right. And yeah. then- Wait, you get a million dollars? That's fucking crazy. For, for two shows? That's nuts. Yeah. I remember featuring uh, like 10 plus years ago on New Year's and then- For who? <sighs> fucking- It was a club weekend. The guy making the huge money? No, no, no. It right. wasn't like a for, a for a huge money thing, but- it was, I think it was six shows. Yeah. And instead of $100 a show, which is like the standard yeah. feature pay, they were going to pay me 1000 for six shows. Yeah. And I was like, this is crazy. This is nuts. This is real money, dude. I, I made it. Yeah. I, I mean, got, like- I'm a $1,000 a show guy on New Year's. That's fucking crazy. It is crazy yeah. at that point. It's, or it's exciting. when you're making, like, when you're a headliner and you're like a $1,500 a week actor, yeah. and they're like, New Year's is $2,500. Yeah. Great. Oh, if I could just get this regularly. Yeah. And then you realize the babysitting job involved. Yeah. And that, that managing, you know, from, from 11.15 to 12.30, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck it. You just feel it getting out of control and the, the wait staff is like getting the hats out. It's right? horrible, dude. And it, I can't. And you can't police. Uh-uh. Because like they paid like 80 bucks or 100 bucks or something. Oh, you can't be a dick? You can't. I no. mean, I remember one time <laughs> One time I did uh, I did a club in Seattle. You got to be considerate that night. Yeah. yeah. They paid some money. And I'm like doing- You want to ruin their night? Doing the show. And I'm like telling some guy to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then the guy that runs the place was like, you're a funny guy, but I don't think you're a New Year's act. <laughs> That's what he told me after the show. Thank God. And I was like, okay. I was like, sorry that I wanted them to listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, but that was your he's misunderstanding. Like, he's like, they fucking paid a fortune to be here. I'm like, <laughs> dude, they're like screaming. <laughs> yeah. He's like, blowing their horns. Right, that's what a New Year's Act has to deal I was with. Like, nah, dude. Can't do it. Call Bert. Don't fucking call me. <laughs> Who's Bert? Oh, it's Bert Kreischer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let him do it. He'll take his He'll shirt off. He'll love to do it. Yeah. It'd be a yeah. Thing. I haven't watched him in a long time. Are you guys buddies? Oh, we're good friends. Yeah. 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 yeah we're good friends. <laughs> Hey, what does he do out there? I just see, I always, I just He's see. He's a party guy. I just see He's pictures of him in different, <laughs> different, less clothing, some clothing. <laughs> Dude, it, there's, he's going to be nude soon and it's going to be perfectly acceptable. Everyone's going to be okay with it? That's He'll gonna, do a Speedo show, for sure. sure. Well, that, well, that, where, that's where it's going, right? Of course. On yeah. his fourth special. Like, yeah. I, okay, it's time. Yeah. It's, it's, time has come. Dude, take some shit off, more off. <laughs> yeah, he's almost so, naked. So the kids too, now how do you manage that with the, the, is she does Christina travel with you or no? She's her own headliner. Yeah, she doesn't need to do that anymore. Mm-mm. Did she ever do that? She did a little bit. We did. A, I mean, a, little a handful of dates, but not not regularly. But how do you deal with the kid on the who who watches? No, that? and we we never. I mean, we're so one of us is always home. Oh, you know, you plan and, it that way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, congrats on the new special. Thanks, man. It's great seeing you. Um, uh, thank you again for bringing the book. Thanks for uh, getting my wife pregnant in her dreams. Yeah, I you know if I just want to help people. That's really she said she shut you down, but like I was like, I think you're just saying that now. I don't yeah, think you're being you're, honest about because that she party. realized she probably shouldn't have told you any of it. Yeah, yeah. She was like, Mark <laughs> said like like it's his kid, and I'm like, uh huh. And what did you say? She's like, I told him, hell no. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, I, I didn't want to cause any trouble. It's funny because she's the type. I don't know how many women you've had this like that actually 
will get in a bad mood about shit they dreamed. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like, no. I've had her be like, hey, I'm like, what's up with you today? And she was like, oh, nothing. You were just a total dick in this dream. And you were like, with this brunette girl. And you were, and I was like, in a dream you had? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, are you mad at me for your dream? And she's like, I'm not happy about it. And I'm like, you're carrying this into the real world right now? What are you talking about? Why would you, like, I'm not involved in this at yeah. all. She's like, yes, you were totally, totally rude. And you were flirting really. I'm like, what is going on? And how long does that go on for? I mean, it's gone on for like long mornings, you yeah. know, where it's like <laughs> in the afternoon, she's like, I forgive you. And I'm like, forgive me. What are you talking about? Oh my God. Yeah, I, my girlfriend gets a little creeped out by things, but she's, she does, uh, she'll lean into the horoscope a little bit, which is, you know, that's, she's got a. I, I, I'm working on a, a bit about. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. About uh, superstitious people in general. Oh, really? And people in the hor- with who believe in horoscopes. Well, because they have the ones that they read. It's not. It's not a general thing. They like. She's got like. Because I don't really go in for it. Yeah. Right. But she's like. But this this woman who does it. Like I was referred to her by someone else, and it's really on the money. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <That's> so crazy. <laughs> My favorite part of it is just when they're just like, yeah. And then it says here that people who get angry and then they're like and you and you're like you mean that i have one of five shared traits among human beings <laughs> well there's that right there's the the sort of like of course they're they're gonna match something up if yeah. you just you know scatter shot like you're just yeah. throwing a bunch of shit out yeah it's like oh look at this one thing yeah out of the seven other options that's <laughs> right on the money this one right here it's all you and you're like yeah everyone <laughs> falls into that category yeah it's a weird thing when the brain wants to have a handle on stuff because it just can't. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. That was fun. That was a fun dream. That is, uh, I, I, maybe I should just leave it where it is. Kind of. Now I want to know about that. I want to know the dream, but I don't think that's appropriate for me to. Uh, to reach out and find out details about the dream. So Tom Segura, Disgraceful, now streaming on Netflix. Um, so I've always been impressed with with Laurie Metcalf's work, and I'm fascinated and know very little about the Steppenwolf Theater Company in Chicago. It's sort of a mythic place. It's been mentioned here a few times uh, by you know by people in passing. Uh, I guess really by probably by Michael Shannon, some other people. But uh, Laurie Metcalf is one of the original members and founders of the Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago. And I'm, I was excited to talk to her about that, and I did. Uh, she was brilliant in Lady Bird. She was uh, transcendent in uh, Louis C.K.'s Horace and Pete. Uh, obviously great on Roseanne. But really, as of late, just doing completely mesmerizing, mind-blowing performances. And she was great in Lady Bird. So uh, she's also up for a SAG Award. She was at the uh, Critics' Choice and did not win. She's nominated for two Screen Actors Guild Awards. She's also back for the revival of Roseanne, which I will talk about with her, which will premiere on ABC in March. This is me and uh, the amazing Lori Metcalf here in the original garage. It's been crazy, huh? I had no idea. <laughs> you had no idea? You had no, no idea, idea it would be so 
crazy? No, I didn't. I'm I'm used to you know wrapping a play, uh, having a little toast afterwards, <laughs> and you know bye bye, go back to the corporate apartment, pack uh-huh. my suitcase, and fly home. Yeah. So wait, but so this is the first time in years that you've been involved. Or you've never been involved with something like this. Too I've loud? never been involved. Oh, in something no, like this? No, never. No, I did a I did a small part in a movie ten years ago, and then the last movie I did before that was probably another ten years ago. So it's been that long. Yeah. Since you've done major film. motion picture yeah. film at all, film at all, film at all. But yeah. some ad, didn't you do some voices? Oh yeah, Toy yeah. Story. Yeah. Yeah. But that's different. Yeah. Yeah. So really, it's been like, what, 20 years, give or take, (laughs) since you've done a movie? Yeah. It's so weird because I remember seeing you, I remember one time, many years ago, I don't remember, was was it Internal Affairs? Yes. Where you played the cop? Yeah. Like, and I remember like, that's that woman who's, she can really act. She's the woman, what, what, from Roseanne? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you must have got that all the time. Yeah, the woman from Roseanne, yeah, Jackie right. from Roseanne. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. That, that yeah, that reached a lot of people <laughs> over the years. Right, but it's so weird because the way you inhabit characters, like I, it seemed like two different people. But I remember that movie. That was a dark movie. Yeah, it was it, interesting. Uh, I loved. Uh, that was one of the first movies I did, and and uh, Mike Figgis directed it, and the part was written for a man. And for some reason, she he just decided to cast me and. Uh, you know, really? I, I, re, I, re, I remember a scene in the movie where Andy Garcia are, and I are sitting in a convertible and a woman walks yeah. by. So it would have been the man looking her over. But instead, I got to yeah, check ogle her. her right. you know? Yeah. So, so it, ma- a, it just made it a little more interesting. A bold move mm-hmm. on Mike Figgis's part. Yeah. But it was like a cre- That was the one with Richard Gere, right? Right. And he was the creepy cop. Right. That was the first time Richard Gere probably got to play a bad guy. Right. And he shoots you. Yeah, he, he shot me in the stomach. In the stomach. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I want to go back and look at that. I haven't. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever saw it. I don't think I ever watched. Really? D- no, I don't. I, I have a like a phobia about watching yeah. r- things because in my head they look so different. Uh huh. They seem so different. But this, like, uh, like what? Oh, and also, like, well, I guess the 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 thing that really was uh, astonishing that that it recently was when he did Louis, Horace, and Pete. Oh. And like that, that monologue, it was sort of, I the was writing se- of that thing. I still can't get over it. I was sending uh, it to people. I'm like, have uh, you seen this? Uh-huh. <laughs> you're specifically your part. Yeah. And I think that brought you to a lot of people's attention in the sense of like, where, where, where has she been? Did mm-hmm. you feel that? Yeah, because it was, um, well, firstly, it was so well written. Uh-huh. I, I was amazed when I first read it. Uh, it came to me. I remember I was in a dressing room uh, on st- on Broadway, uh-huh. and I got a little packet, and it said um, Horace and Pete, but somehow it was tied to Louis C.K., so I didn't know how. I didn't yeah. know if he had written it or if he was going to be the other actor in the scene uh-huh. or if he was just producing it. Or so- Well, it turns out he did every- He did all those, yeah. you know, but it was... Um, it was a secret project at right. the time. So, um, and then I read it and I was blown away by w- the depth of the scene between the divorced couple. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And, and, uh, and how they, as friends, had just kept raising their children together, even yeah. though they were had a horrible, bitter breakup. Right. Uh, it was so well crafted. Because it really is just that one scene, isn't it? Yes, that was the whole episode. Yeah. In the arc of 10, yeah, right. that was episode three. Yeah, it was just it was two just people sitting at a table. For like and it's, 35, 40 minutes? Yeah, and it's such a, it's such a uh, 
gift to be able to do something that tiny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I had been doing a lot of theater and playing to these thousand seat houts, right. ha- thousand seat houses. Yeah. But to bring it in that small and just to be able to, you know, see every little twitch in somebody's face that you're op- acting yeah. opposite of. Right. Oh, it's, it's, I, I, that was one of the hardest things I ever worked on and the most rewarding at the same time. Really? Mm-hmm. And you were you were on stage at the simultaneously in New York at that yeah, time. Yeah. What were you doing on stage? I was doing Misery with Bruce Willis. Oh yeah, how was that experience? Uh, that was odd. <laughs> that 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 was that was neither a pl- that was not a play. It wasn't a movie, and it wasn't a book anymore. Yeah. So I don't know what it was, but we did it eight times a week for a while. Yeah, for four months. It did well. It did really well. I mean, it had sold out houses. Did you but get it along was mostly with him? people. I got along great with him. Uh, um, he's a fantastic guy. He's super generous and uh-huh. uh, he worked his ass off. Oh, yeah. I didn't know, you know, if um, if he he had done a play about 40 years oh, yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah. He had, he, he, he had stepped in in Fool for Love for Ed Harris, a Sam Shepard play. Um, he was the understudy and he yeah. got to perform it for a right. while. So that's the last time he'd been on stage. So that was probably his first job as an actor almost when he was still like bartending in Back New then, York. Back then, yes. Right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And I was in New York doing a play called Balm and Gilead at the same time. It was Did a re- you, really cool time to yeah. be in New York during that because Mamet was doing stuff and everything was really gritty and yeah. it was so fun. But what was I saying about- uh, oh, you were working oh, on Oh, misery. Yeah. Here's why it was such an odd duck. It was because- the, most of the people who came to see it yeah. had never been to a play before. Right. You know. Well, that's what Broadway so they is get a little to, bit now. Y- y- yeah. yeah. So they get to cross that off their list. They get yeah. to see Bruce, the movie star, off their list. Yeah. If they could have sold popcorn at the thing, they would have. Sure. Um, and they were just really, really excited to be there. Did the play work as a play? No. Yeah. But I had to wrap my head around the fact that it wasn't ever going to be what I hoped it would be but people loved it right it was a, an entertainment yeah and yeah. and was it uh who conceived the play i mean was it just was it put together wrong was it written weirdly because it's a stephen it's, king story yeah right yeah so it, in, did they take the play from the movie how does that work do you know they took it mostly from the movie right they felt like they had to they felt like there had to be certain scenes and famous lines yeah, from right, right. had to be in there that people are coming to see the uh-huh. hobbling scene or whatever yeah, you want to, yeah. and sure um, but when I went back and read the book, uh, I was like, oh, why, why aren't we incorporating this really juicy stuff? You yeah. Know? So it was just a, a, an odd, um, animal. So by the time you got the Horace and Pete, that, what was it? Did you do that in a day? We did it in a few hours, but <laughs> it took me a month to learn it. Oh, uh-huh. It was hard to learn. Uh-huh. So I would, in between, like on matinee days in between shows i would i would just just drill those lines over and over and over again because i knew it was my responsibility to know it backwards and forwards because i knew he would want to shoot it in basically one take yeah i i couldn't i the that i couldn't uh just the look in your eyes and the intensity of the whole thing i it was completely devastating well you know it starts with the material what can i say and he was a fantastic um scene partner yeah yeah fantastic so what uh can we talk about where you come from yeah when you grew up in in, in illinois southern illinois yeah 
Yeah, like what part? Born in Carbondale. Yeah. Uh, home of SIU, uh, and SIU you, Carbondale, and then we transferred to SIU Edwardsville. I'm, I, yeah. Well, well, your father was in the college business? Uh, he was a comptroller oh. for it. That's why I, I think of the college when I, when I think of the hometown. Yeah. But so Southern Illinois and uh, went to... Um, you know, like in Ladybird's Lady dreams are to, you know, get out of there and go as far away as she possibly could. Right. I didn't have the foresight to get as far away as I could, but I went to up to, um, I went to mid, from Southern Illinois to mid Illinois and went to um, Illinois State University and uh, thought, what are all these, who are all these people with the heavy, heavy accent that I'm hearing? And it was just people who had come down from Chicago. Oh, really? I had no idea. That people talk like that? Yeah, well, or that to me that was a foreign land. And were you interested in, in acting early? I mean, was there, did, what, how many, do you have brothers and sisters? One brother and one sister. Are they in uh, show business? No, 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 nobody from my family was. Nobody from Southern Illinois was that I knew of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I didn't have hopes to do it either. I was way too practical to think that I would ever be able to make a living at it. So, so it was just I, a dream early on? I, I, wa- I was curious about it because I was very shy. Yeah. And for some reason, I got up the nerve to audition for a play in high school and I got in and um, and I, I, I felt like I could hide behind the character. So I felt kind of loose on stage. Right. Um, Get lost in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yes, it was a comfortable feeling to be up there. It, what it, You'd think for a shy person, it would have shaken them to their core to have to be up there performing. Yeah. But it was it was the opposite for me because so, I felt like I could hide. So early on, it was a transformative experience. Like, yes. Like that. Yeah. You, 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 didn't, you actually were able to get lost in the part out of necessity and it was a relief. Yes. I got a laugh. Yeah. Which was mesmerizing to me and the hook. Then yeah, I was hooked, right? But um, because I thought, oh, I got it accidentally, uh-huh. and and so I thought, oh, I want to get it again. So I have to deconstruct it and see what I did. Can I do that? And I think I did figure it out. And then from then on, it was like, here comes my laugh, yeah, you know. And I, sure. I, it's I, I, yes, it's it's addicting. It's a real rush, especially yeah. when you're in control of it. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, that like Harry Shearer once said to me that that the reason people do comedy is to control uh, why people are laughing at them. Yes. Oh, I yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yes. That's what I was kind of hiding from. Right. You know? Right. So it's empowering. It is empowering. It still is to yeah, this day. To get laughs? I lo- yes. And, yeah. and just to own a stage. Right. You know, because that's where I feel mo- most comfortable. Because, but do you do you have any of that shyness still? Or is that gone? Uh, um, I think the theater crowd that I fell in with sort of drained it out of me. You know, I had to learn how to hold my own around those freaks yeah well that well that's sort of interesting the the whole sort of story of it so you did it first in high school and then you went to college for to did you study practical things or did yes. you study theater? well i thought it was being practical i was being practical i studied german <laughs> and i thought uh well i will be a translator you for know german and then I, the, 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 there's such yeah. a big calling yeah. for <laughs> german translators i know there's ne- never I a know. shortage of jobs I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what i was thinking i thought i actually did think that that was practical and then i switch to anthropology i don't know what another, what another, i thought good jump good yeah. jump yeah i yeah. saved it at the last minute i'm really gonna <laughs> sideways move a little bit you know but it is to, sort of interesting right. i mean like in terms of like did you get a handle on german yeah i did yeah. i've forgotten it all now right but, you know when i look back it, both those things had to do with communication mm-hmm. uh literally interpreting 
which is what I feel like I do now. And also about language. Yes, you know, language. when you study a language, you really are able to deconstruct a language yeah. and figure out the power of yeah. it. Yeah, you know? and then the you know studying behavior with the anthropological yeah. anthropological side. Yeah. So it was kind of my early steps, you know. Yeah. Jumping on this. Sure. You kind of loaded up your brain, you know, in a way. Well, it was just interest that I had. Yeah. Without even knowing. And German's a very interesting language. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of weird words in German for Mm -hmm. weird things. Yes. I like how it (laughs) definitely follows the rules. Yeah. There is no rule breaking allowed. Right. But they seem to have descriptions and adjectives that don't exist anywhere else but in German. Yes. And they put words together to form another word. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Logical. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it does. And anthropology, did you get a degree in anthropology in German? No, no, no. Or? I ended up um, falling in with that theater crowd. And, in college. Yeah. And I left um, a semester early. Really? Yeah. I went back and got my degree. One it, semester. Huh? You one semester. One... But I went back and got it. You know, But that's I funny. You must have been really into what you were doing. Well, we but... were. the plan was that there were a group of us that were going to go up to Highland Park, Illinois, and do theater for a summer. It was only going to be for a summer. Who was in this group? This was Gary Sinise, Jeff Perry, um, and John Malkovich. You were in the college with all those guys? Yes. Yeah, I met them there. And they were already doing theater in college? We were all, yeah, doing it. Not together. But were you, but, but we was anyone to... in the program, the theater program? What was it, University of Illinois? It was Illinois State. Illinois State, Yeah. yeah. Um, we had seen each other's work. Uh, I will say that a few of us were dating, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So, uh, that's all we, you're going to say. Did well, you, you ended up marrying somebody, didn't you? Yeah. I, I, yes, I ended up marrying Jeff Perry. Right. Yeah. And, but, uh, John and I were dating at the time. Oh, so, yeah. so we, we were an inbred yeah. little, little bunch. Well, yeah. John, I can't imagine what he was like in college. I can only imagine it must've been <laughs> a, a higher octane. Uh, you know, fueled by, you know, like I imagine the, the quest for, uh, you know, kind of a self must have been quite a, a rough ride with that guy. He, yeah, he it was um, when John hit the scene, yeah. you know, at college. Yeah. He sparked a lot of conversation because everybody he just his um, presence was um, a, a bit off and uh-huh. everybody was trying to figure him out. And I think he enjoyed that very much. <laughs> Did he come from Illinois? Yeah, Southern Illinois, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yep. So, okay, so you and John are dating. It's Gary Sinise and uh, Jeff Perry. The four of you drop out, mm-hmm. and you're going to go do theater. Uh-huh, in a church basement with uh, 88 seats. In and, Highland Park? Uh, in Highland Park. And we did uh, four one acts, and then um, I went back to school, and they continued. They did another play that didn't do much. Um, but very slowly over the years that we were in that basement, people in Chicago, yeah. crit- critics, um, right. started to take notice of us, and they would drive up. And, uh, but you're all like 20? Mm-hmm. 20 years old? Yeah. They would buy their $3 ticket and watch us do Glass Menagerie in the in the basement. Huh. And, uh that's the one that actually they really set up and thought uh, that we were worth making the drive for. The Glass Menagerie was a really strong production. Oh, re- who was in it? Who was directing? I was How Laura. Was- yeah. And uh, John was um, Tom. And the gentleman caller was Terry Kinney. I forgot to mention Terry. He went to college with you too? Yes. So it was, and, okay, so it was you. Uh, so oh. I started off first dating Terry. Yeah. I, I think he's a great actor. Yeah, he is. 
Okay, so you're in a, a church basement, glass menagerie, mm-hmm. and, and 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 so that one uh, really started the ball rolling in a way. And so um, it was, you know, I tell you when when I knew when I decided to quit my day job, which was uh, secretary. I was always a, I could type really fast. Through college, you were a secretary? Yeah. And when we were starting the company. You can still type really fast, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good (laughs) skill to have. It is. Yeah. Um, That's when I knew that, oh, well, okay, being practical is one thing, but I think I really am going to try and, you know, make a living at this. Of course, I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't been with a a group. I I think I would have started off too thin-skinned and um, I, I... I wouldn't have been ambitious enough to do it on my own. Right. Uh, but the, but that, but that crew was there like, cause Steppenwolf seems to be sort of a defining experience for people. I mean, as time goes on, well, when did Joan Allen come in? Uh, when we were still in the basement. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So but and the, Glenn Headley. Uh huh. Yeah. So when did it sort of like, cause how much did you really know? About acting, you know, by the time you dropped out of school. I mean, what? Yeah, not much at all. I'd taken a couple of classes. Um, and- but uh, what happened with our group was that we just wanted to, we challenged each other in ways like just only wanting to make each other laugh uh-huh. or make each other, um, we wanted to work. It was all about the work. Yeah. And, and we, we're all the same age so whatever show that we picked to do somebody had to either play older or play younger right you know and and that made you stretch in a way that you wouldn't have gotten the chance to otherwise you would have always just been cast as you know what your what you look right for and what your right age is but this stretched us in other weird ways and who was the like who was in the director i mean who like who was we took turns directing uh, directed the that was if you were the director that means that you had drawn the short end of the stick because uh-huh. nobody wanted to direct everybody just wanted to be on and, the stage with with each other and it was a collective spirit there was nobody uh-huh. in charge that you know you were all founders you, yes. you're like one of the founders yeah. of Steppenwolf yeah I mean we would name somebody artistic director for a while until yeah. they burnt out but that was only sort of to go after grant money and things like that oh right it wasn't an actual job. Mm, no, we all decided what our seasons would look like and who was and cast ourselves. So you're telling me that like, you know, all of you guys were like 20 years old or so and and whatever training you had was just by virtue of your age limited. Yeah. And you evolved together to put to figure out how to to act. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. We, we had a common um, sense of humor. Uh huh. And drive, uh-huh. and we got lucky in some of our play selections, like with True West, something like that. But no one ever came in. No, no Buddha, no Zen, <laughs> so no guru, no acting coach. No, like you just kind of you defined it. Yeah. No one was studying acting. No. Isn't that something? Yeah, we got we got <laughs> really really lucky that way, and we were all also lucky in the sense that everybody left us alone. We were uh, just a little group up in a. Chicago suburb yeah. with, you know, friends and family 
buying their $3 ticket to come see us. Uh-huh. And so nobody had swooped in and said, I'm going to pluck you out and you out and we're going to New York and LA. Right. You know, so we spent years just together, just working together. Doing and, plays. Yeah, back to back, yeah. And w- what was the the sort of like, outside of making each other laugh or challenging each other, it seems that over time, the people that came out of Steppenwolf you know, have a, a, a unique intensity to them, you know, bordering on rage in some cases. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a common uh, trait also. I don't know. I think it's that maybe it's that we were so passionate about theater itself and about the work uh-huh. that it could come off like that. Yeah. You know, we could be, it. we didn't have to be doing a scene where there was yelling, but there was still this passion uh-huh. humming underneath it you know so i think that it, long long ago they were calling it rock and roll theater uh-huh yeah yeah but there was yelling yeah that's fun <laughs> <laughs> did you choose plays that it required that type of intensity we didn't we weren't really savvy enough to know very many plays uh-huh. i remember us you know like going to the library and checking out best plays of you know <laughs> Really? 1975 no we did we didn't have resources <laughs> right you know yeah so so our selections weren't always the best right but 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 we we you know play we did committed to them 150 percent right did you do like um did you do like uh like who's afraid of virginia wolf and no. stuff like no what were some of the early plays well, the early of- the 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 saddest um image i can give you is yeah. Uh, in the uh, very first four one acts that we did, Jeff Perry and I were paired up, and we did The Lover yeah. by um, Pinter. Right. And that is a mature couple who you think they're cheating on each other, right, but act- right. actually they're just playing sexual games with yeah. each other because he goes off to work and then he shows up later in different clothes and sh- they pretend that she's the mistress and it's just their way of, you know. Right having sex right and um, right right so we were so naive to have chosen that and and it was such a misguided uh, <laughs> choice but i remember because jeff had a sad little glued on mustache yeah. to make him look older right and i don't know how what i thought i was doing it was so wrong-headed, but i re- i just remember looking at him in the basement on the stage and the you know the lights were two feet above our head it's sweltering in there people are on folding chairs watching us mutilate this this brilliant pinter one act (laughs) and his mustache is curling up because of the heat (laughs) dreadful did it get did that get bad press um, people still I don't excited? Think, I don't think any anybody ever reviewed those. We had no nobody knew what we were up to in the basement. Um, we, like what year is this now? Are we talking mid seventies? Yeah, seventy three, seventy four, seventy six. So like the arts were vital, you know. Like for people to go out to Highland Park from Chicago because a bunch of twenty year olds are doing theater <laughs> in a church basement, <laughs> it seems insane now. Well, yeah, it, that took that took a couple of. Years right until they were willing to make the drive. So you guys were into the word of mouth, right? You, know, you kept working, kept yes. working, and you kept doing stuff, and then you know it got a buzz. So you know people yeah. were like, yeah, "Have you heard about this?" You know, so people were coming. Right? Or were you were you guys performing for five people sometimes, four people, sometimes, nine people? Yeah, yeah. And really, it was family and friends. Uh huh. 
at the beginning. Uh-huh. You know, we thought, oh, we've got we've got to get some more seats in here. Let's do some PR. What can we do? And I think there was a Fourth of July parade uh, downtown Highland Park, and so we somehow were on the uh, fire truck, uh-huh. waving at people <laughs> with a Steppenwolf Steppen sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. That's hilarious. So when, <laughs> what where, what was the evolution of Steppenwolf? It, it moved from the church basement mm-hmm. to where? To uh, Jane Addams Hull House within yeah. uh, Chicago. And so we rented it, but it was it had more seats and we were in the city. And then the big step was, well, I'm sorry. And then from there we went, we took over an existing theater called St. Nicholas. Uh-huh. They folded and we moved in slightly bigger. Yeah. Still with the eight foot ceilings, but... What are you going to do? Right. And then after that, we um, got a board and were able to raise enough money to actually build our theater, which we're still in. So so then you actually, then you had an art director who was actually an art director and yeah. you had that kind of stuff yeah. sort of yeah. filled out. We, we had to, yeah, we, we, we resisted, you know, being, becoming that formal i right. guess for a long time but we had to but still the all the original everyone who has been in you're all members of steppenwolf theater mm-hmm. right and then there that it, it you, there was never classes or anything offered it's still a a theater ensemble how does yeah. one get in it um you get in it by having you know worked uh on stage uh-huh. a number of times uh-huh. and then uh, at the beginning, we were desperate to find new members because we were just so small that there was it limited. What there was we, like six of you, seven, I think, at the beginning. And when yeah. did John Mahoney come in? Oh, Mahoney came in while we were still in the basement. Oh yeah, yeah, early days, yeah. Because um, he so, seems like he could muster up some angry funny. <laughs> yeah, that's right. See, he fit in. Yeah, yeah, he had uh-huh. that. We could we could smell it on him. <laughs> um, but. We we were desperate to find um, new additions for a while, and then uh, yeah. So so usually now people um, get invited in uh-huh. who have worked there a number of times and and have the same common you know mindset. Oh, so you'll so they'll they'll cast some people that seem right. That yeah, we will. always have to cast outside people to fill right. in parts. Right, and if somebody and it's harder now for. For uh, people who have moved away yeah. to come back and commit to a show, it's harder. So, um, you know, it's a long time commitment. Uh-huh. And I think the last time I performed there was about five years ago now. Right, because you got to do a run. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be like a long, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, generally four months. Does Does the original crew ever get together? We haven't. Hmm. No, but I I know that it would seem like no time had passed at all. Yeah. I mean, we see each other here and there when we're in. New York and go to each other's work. You know, I saw Malkovich and Burn This mm. on Broadway. Yep, that was pretty crazy. Yep, that seemed like the perfect role for him. Him and Joan. And you, no Joan. Did I see? Was she the other? Maybe. I haven't seen yeah, her in a while. With it, with yeah, him. she did it in the, uh, the original. And then you did Balm and Gilead. Yeah, that was a big move for us. That really got spread a lot of word about us because um, so that the was play a Steppenwolf was so, production. Yeah, it was so successful. And it moved to New York. Yes. And then did you do it in Britain too? Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. But so so that puts you on the map. That was a big You're, one. The, the Steppenwolf Theater's production of Bauman Gilead. Yeah, that was the rock and roll age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so fun to be there then. Oh, and, it must have uh, been so exciting. A big, huge break. And you were still, you weren't, you weren't in the basement though at that point, were you? No. No. But you were, in, you were not at the, the one you have now, but the one before that. Right. Yeah. So that was like, you all, you're like, we did it. 
And it, how long did we you run? We got to New York, yeah. You got to Broadway? It, you know, it's a, the longest run I've ever been in. It was nine months. Wow. Who was, it was in it with you? It was you? always off-Broadway. Oh, the off. Who was in it with you? From Gary the... Sinise was in it. Uh, Jeff Perry was in it. Terry was in it. Uh, John directed it. Uh-huh. Glenn Headley was in it. Uh, Joan was in it. They didn't do the move. They, the, this was originally when we did it in Chicago. Yeah. Not everybody made the move. Right. Some people stayed behind to, you know, keep doing plays in Chicago. Right. So keep who did John open. do? He directed the the New York. He directed all the versions of it. Huh. Yeah. Did he end and, up directing a lot? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people, he was, we got really lucky that the, some of the actors in the company were yeah. really strong directors, even right. though they didn't really want to do it. Right. But um, I don't know if you knew, but uh, some of the music that we used in Gilead, we had Ricky Lee Jones' song oh, in yeah. there. We had Tom Waits and Bruce Springsteen, oh, and wow. they all came to see wow. the play. Talk about a rush. That's fucking great. Yeah. But like Tracy Letts, like in Lady Bird, mm-hmm. you, you work with him, but did you, you were... Did you know him? Because he's late to Steppenwolf, right? Yeah, I mean, but still, we've known each other for, we figured it was 30 years. Just really? known each other. Yeah, but we'd never worked together before. How'd you know each other for 30 years? Um, Just through theater in Chicago. Uh-huh. But, um, th- yeah, I, I can't, we've always tried to find a play yeah. to do together. Yeah. And never happened, and it took the movie for us to be able to play husband and wife. That's so beautiful, though, because you have that dynamic. You have that that deep emotional history. connection. In yeah, history. we did. We did. It made it really simple. And it, in, like, in surprisingly, he plays. He's the nice guy in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, he's the observer. That's for sure. He did. He doesn't dare go near that mother daughter um, relationship. But he, he but get he, burned. But he, but, <laughs> but he he loves her, the daughter, and both of them in his own way. And he's oh yeah, sort of sweet. Oh, yes. a sweetness to that guy. Yes. Oh the yeah. The beaten husband and father. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like working with him? It was, it was fantastic. He's like a rock, yeah. you know, because he's he's so present. And I've always loved his um, style. It's uh-huh. very minimal. Uh-huh. It's very clean. He's also like a great, got a great capacity to be funny. Yep. Like he, you know, I can, you know, like it was, it's interesting to see him. Like I saw him in, he did, oh, in Divorce. That's what I saw him yeah. in. Yeah. And he's, it's a funny character, that character. Yeah. And I've seen, and I've seen some of his plays. I saw oh. Osage County, and I saw oh. Bug. I saw what Freakin did to Bug, anyways, with Michael Shannon. Um, I'm fascinated by writers. I mm-hmm. mean, because that's where it all comes from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how they do what they do. Yeah. So I, I'm always quizzing Tracy on you know how he comes up with stuff. And uh, well, what what is your process though when you when you talk about like even for Horace and Pete and 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 probably for well, Lady Bird was not improvised. Lady Bird was a scripted film. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I see you do that kind of stuff, which is totally immersive, like, in they're, they're both very different, but I find that both those, the Horace and Pete character and the Lady Bird character, you know, they're, 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 there's a trouble in there, you know? Mm-hmm. What What is your process as an actor? You know, to, you know, to, what do you do? Well, um, I take my clues first off for, from the material. So obviously. you get the script for Lady Bird. Yeah. And, and you were, it was written for you? Did she no. have you in mind? No. No, no. Um, but I felt a connection with it when I read it, which is always a great sign. Uh-huh. Um, and I could relate to the conflict, the mother-daughter conflict right. in it, because I've got, I've been through three teenagers with another one about to burst you have four kids uh-huh and um 
And so I, 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 that was really relatable. Uh-huh. But what I also appreciated in the writing, and I knew that Greta put it in there very delicately, was were these little moments of heart throughout the movie uh-huh. that go a long way when basically you're in a your every scene that you're in is like a a battle. Right. But they can, you know, um, share, they can go house hunting together and they can share opening presents on Christmas together. And then that's that's the little moment of, you know, of the little exhale when yeah. they're not at each other's throats where you can see that uh, it's a loving relationship. In a weird way. You know, I mean, the daughter is certainly put in a position to 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 deal yeah. Well, yes, the mother has a bit, she's a, a little bit passive aggressive, <laughs> just a little, <laughs> yeah. but it's coming from heart. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's funny, coming it's, from like, she just wants to shake her by the shoulders and say, get your act together. Right. And also she, she, she knows what she knows. Yeah. Like she, you know, like that character, I, I would assume that, you know, even is that, you know, you do, you don't necessarily look at it and think it's good parenting, right? But you, I, I would imagine that do, when when you're looking at it and preparing, you have to really believe that she loves her daughter. Yeah, right. Yes, but all these criticisms are for a reason. Right. It's not just because I woke up grumpy today. Right. And you make me sick. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's to prepare. It's your job. Yeah. To prepare that kid to be able to fly off. Uh-huh. You know, and so if you. F- look at her and you don't feel she's prepared it's like a slap in your own face oh see that's see that's the trick of that that character i think that that like you know if i if she i don't want her to embarrass me yeah and i don't want her to let me down yes but also i I want her to succeed right 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 yeah those are kind of some the, the the character is really nice and complex because she's also she feels shame she didn't expect them to be financially in the in where they are right you know there's a shame in that the wrong side of the tracks you know how dare you call us that in front of people right and how do you put all that place that in place is there a, a, a technique to it or you just do it you know, is it like, do you keep reading it? How many yeah, times do you read it? Yeah, keep reading it. Keep yeah. reading it. I really relied on Greta. Yeah. Because she was the source. Right. You know, because she not only wrote it, but right. she directed it. So for any question I had or for any, um, about something specific or what's the backstory on this, why am I saying this right now or, mm-hmm. um, or uh, all the way up to what do you want for the what do you want the tone to be yeah for this scene because it's right. another battle how do we make it different right you know or who's triggering who can we can you'd, we deconstruct it down to that you'd have those conversations with Greta Gerwig yeah yeah because like that's not always the case with film directors though is it that you have that kind of interaction or that kind of communication about nuanced things yeah no it's not always the case um sometimes you're just left to your own devices yes and some people just want to be, and you know, that's fine yeah. unless you, there is a problem. Right. Unless you need the help. Right. And then it's like the desperate, help me, help me, help me. So it's always <laughs> great, other, you know, yeah. versus stay get stay back there out of my eye line. I know right. how to do this. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird seesaw of both those things. Well, but do, do you have that experience too when you work on television and, and, and in film that you know, just leave me be. I'm, I'm, I'm of on. looking for a director, looking towards. Well, no, oh, but you're saying like, I got this. In TV, I have found that it's, um, it seems like TV directors 
think that it's um, impolite or something yeah. to give a note to a character that's been established and that actor has been doing that character for years. Uh-huh. So I think those directors, I have, I would gladly take a note, right. especially a good note yeah. from any director at any time. But right. I, I feel that they have a trepidation about it, you know, that, that you know the character better than they ever oh, could. Yeah. And so they should just not say anything at all. Because a lot of times in TV, they're just there for a couple episodes, the director. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and they're there also to, you know, just the technical side is just, you know, I've, I only work in the, that uh, multi-camera setting but it's just to you know work with the camera with the dp right right operators yeah 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 nail down the technical side sure but uh but like working with greta and working with uh how do you pronounce her name sersha sersha she was great yeah i know well like one of my favorite scenes is the opening scene that we have in the car yeah um we had such fun doing that because it was basically one shot and we knew that uh greta didn't care if we were uh, overlapping each other and it just it had a nice messy feel to uh-huh. it it had every it had the spectrum of emotions in it uh-huh. you know they're crying at the beginning and having a nice time ending up their college drive and then somebody triggers somebody and it's off to the races right. like at a hundred miles an hour until right. she throws herself out right out oh, of the moving car. <laughs> right. and it, which was horrifying to, horrifying to look at because it, yeah. it looked way too real it did in the oh, even yeah. from my viewpoint you know, when i watched her do it yeah how did they do that uh they had like a um uh platform built on the side of the car and i wasn't really driving it was oh. being pulled oh right 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. That was a crazy opening. Mm-hmm. I know. It set the tone for the whole movie, didn't it? It's just yeah. like, I, I think I know where this is going. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> so when you work with another actor, even somebody as young as her, um, do you, you is what are you looking for? Reciprocity? Are you looking to, to land? Like, yeah. You're, well, f- f- you know, she has way more film experience than I do. Really? And so I, yes, by far. And so I, I would look to her, <laughs> you know, to, to, to like, are we on the same page here? Is, or is this, uh, you know, she is totally present. Yeah. She ha- has done all of her homework, which you'd think should be a given. Yeah. If yeah. you're granted a part to play in something in anything yeah but sometimes people don't always do it they do it in the hair and makeup chair right that morning right you know yeah sure um and so on the first day of work they're just sort of like where's the script where are my sides yeah 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 where are my sides yeah Yeah. i should look at this now yeah right um (laughs) so i'll hold up things while i sit in my trailer for a while Uh uh-huh you know yeah (laughs) Um, I appreciate a really strong work ethic because that's how I like to work. Uh-huh. And so, and uh, Saoirse is all about that also. But the other side of her, which is so wonderful, is as much as she cares about the work and is, is uh, dependable, so reliable, dedicated, she also sets a wonderful tone with the cast and crew Mm -hmm. she knows every single person's name she checks in with everybody every morning as soon as she walks into the hair and makeup trailer just everything lights up she just brings literally brings joy that's amazing to the set yeah i i'm definitely not a like remember everyone's name guy uh me either (laughs) (laughs) it's hard it's but i I mean i can't do it in my life do you no. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just, I can't. I, I don't have any more brain capacity left to right. memorize, right. To, to use, what do you call those little memorizing tricks, uh, you know, yeah, like I, a, uh, 
devices, of no- monomic or something. Oh, really? Like there's that. a there's to, a trick to, to it. To, yeah, to 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 learn it and store it away in case I ever need to use it again. I, yeah. There's no. Not enough memory in there left. <laughs> it does get a little depleted as you get older. I'm yeah. finding that. Yeah. It's a relief, I, though, sometimes. It's funny. It. I can still, I have no problem learning a whole play. Right. Right. I'm but, very good with lines, but like I can't remember something I did yesterday. Like, when did we do that? Right. When we, like, it's weird. Right. Yeah. When did that? Oh, yeah. We had, we were at that place, you know, two days ago. Yes. Well, like, you can remember pages and pages of dialogue. Yeah. So, how did you get the part on, uh, like, because Roseanne is sort of the life-changing thing, right? In, right. In, in terms of career. Right. How did that happen for an actress uh, from where you were at? Where were you? How did that go? Well, I was in, uh, sitting in uh, Chicago, I think. Oh, really? And uh, I had done one movie. Yeah. And I had only done the one movie because uh, the casting directors saw Balm and Gilead. What movie? It's all connected. Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh my God! So with they, Madonna. Hi, yeah, they I hired me that. for that. That was the first movie I ever did, yeah. and then so I so those casting directors knew me. Yeah, and when the role of Roseanne's sister came up, the, this is the weirdest thing. Yeah. I had gone for from Chicago just on a fluke. I had like two weeks between plays. Yeah, I'd I'd gone to um, L.A. Yeah, to thinking, well, maybe I can get a movie. Right. And sure. so I I was there for uh, two weeks. I slept on somebody's couch. And um, it was during the, those two weeks that they were casting Roseanne. And I happened to be in town. And they brought me in. And they didn't have the sides written for the sister yet. So I just r- read Roseanne lines. Uh-huh. And uh, I got the part off of that. Wow. In the first two weeks that I went there. Yeah. And I got a car. And I didn't have any... Uh, anybody to sign for, to vouch for me or anything so gary sinise had to come over and you know <laughs> co-sign for it for he me. was in la he was in la uh-huh and so that was it that was the then then the rest is history you, you're the on next Roseanne. nine years were yeah nine seasons crazy right yes you became a real family yes we did yeah yeah and the kids grew up on it and my so kids grew up on it it's crazy and you what you have one daughter who's an actress mm-hmm. and she's doing well yeah that's uh, my daughter with uh, Jeff Perry, Zoe Perry. Yeah. And she's on Young Sheldon. She's the mom on that. Oh, it's... And which is so bizarre because I'm his mom on Big Bang. You are... <laughs> so we're playing the same person decades apart on concurrently running they, shows. They did that on purpose. They can't, they can't... This can't have ever happened before. No, but that that was obviously intentional. It was... Well, the... N- it was good the, that they, your daughter knows how to act. They, you, yeah, they created the 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 spinoff. Yeah, you know, right. without thinking about her. Right, but she was on the radar to be brought in to read for the part. Sure, yeah. sure, and she got it. That's that's yeah. hilarious. But and also, you're doing the new Roseanne. Yeah, we did it. How many did you shoot? Nine. And then they're going to be on where? Um, on ABC. Oh, you're going back home. Yeah, isn't that something? We yeah, we really went home. We went back to the same lot. And they uh, the rebuilt the set? Yes, they had to recraft it from scratch because it had been destroyed. I think they saved the couch. I uh-huh. think I heard, maybe this is a, a, a rumor tale. that the couch is in like yeah. the Smithsonian. Uh-huh. I don't know. Or the Afghan, something like that. But they had to, down to the wallpaper. They don't make the wallpaper anymore. They didn't so update they had to, the house at all? Uh, there's a new fridge. That's it? Yeah. They're huh. still there. Huh. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, surreal walking onto that. After, I can't imagine. Because it had been... 20 years since it ended, and it had been 29 years since the pilot. 
I know. That's freaky and horrifying at the same time. Now, when you work, like I imagine the character of, of Jackie over time, you know, you audition, you get the part and you're know, doing uh, three camera shoots on a soundstage. Is, there's almost a it's almost like a vaudeville in a sense. It's like, like a play, but it's a little more controlled and you stop and start and the audience is you part do, of it. And there is a live audience. Yeah. But that's the live audience is about as play like as it gets. Right. Right. It, that's right. Because you just stop and start and there's no. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that character, how did that, you know, you had to evolve that character in yeah, real time. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure how I got cast, actually. But over time, the writers, um, you know, who, like I said, I, I have so much respect for that. That's where it all stems from. But they they would notice like uh, what my strengths were. Yeah. And then they would start writing for it. Yeah, it's And great. so they evolved it. Right, oh, right. Without right. me even knowing. But, you know, in, in you know? real time almost. Yes. Sure. So now I, I've heard that in this new bunch of shows, Roseanne shows, that Roseanne, uh, who I've had in here as well, uh, she's, uh, she's Roseanne. And, you know, <laughs> she's great. Mm-hmm. She's a force of nature. She is. And uh, I, love, I have a lot of respect for her. And we had a good time. She ate some cantaloupe. It was a good conversation. But in the show, she's uh she's a trump supporter mm-hmm. right and the rest of the family is not uh we don't i'm not okay and the rest of the family i have no idea about we don't get into that oh you don't no but she and i have a conflict over in it's and it's we only deal with it in the first show uh-huh um because the stories have remained really about the family right and even though we're talking politics in the first show it's still about the family, the right. rift that it's caused between the sisters, right. which has caused in in other families. Sure, it goes even deeper than how they voted. Right. You know, so we go. It makes them oh, go way down and see where this, where their weird from way back power struggle uh-huh. has always has, oh. has always been there. So ultimately, you know, so the, the voting like 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 highlighted these right. other deeper problems that they have. So I think that that's, that that's the kind of writing that Roseanne always had. You know, she, she could take sensitive issues or um, uh, dramatic issues and the, the, the show could handle the weight right. of those. Whereas on other sitcoms, it would be too jarring if they were talking about like abuse. Right, but it comes down to the family. It, yeah. it always comes down to yeah. those relationships. Yeah, yeah. So that that's how they've started this new small arc uh-huh. that, that we do. And what is and like being with John and everybody like like I, it must be so odd. It's it is, and yet it's <laughs> so, so <familiar>. comfortable. <laughs> yeah, and it's really like no time has passed at all. Like we took a hiatus week. Yeah, and we came right back to start season 10 that's so wild is what it would have been you know it's so cool because the scenes that they've written now you can play that you have a history with another character yeah we really do (laughs) we're living it right you know i i stood off stage off camera and uh, watched the um daughters have an argument together yeah and just thinking that goes back so far yeah you it's so cool 
Yeah. To see them now in their 40s. Wow. And still sisters. Yeah. And in that same environment. And it's also cool to watch Darlene's character parenting her kids in right. that same kitchen. Yeah. With Roseanne standing off to the side, judging it. Yeah. You know? Wow. Because of their history. Yeah. It's really fascinating. And did everyone get along? Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Everybody had the time of their life. And if it's well received, which I hope it is, because everybody felt that responsibility. Yeah. Because people loved it so much sure. that you don't want to taint it yeah. in any way. Yeah. Um, everybody would come back and do it again. Really? Oh, yeah. It was it was fun and that's a wild creative who's writing on it the, we had some of the old writers yeah. and some new writers uh-huh so bruce helford yeah whitney cummings yeah that's the old and the new yeah uh wanda sykes was on it norm mcdonald came back for some wow <laughs> yeah. the whole crew yeah yeah that's amazing and like and so ladybird this whole journey uh with this thing as a film you're at the golden globes mm-hmm and then you're going to, we're going to SAG, SAG yeah. Awards. Yeah. Tonight yeah. I'm going to the um, LA Film Critics Association. They they gave you, they you were the, you won the Best Sporting Actress with them and New York, right? Uh, not New York. Oh, God. No, this one. So I'm going to that tonight and then SAGs are in a week. And, it's exciting, uh, right? It, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, this is a whole new experience for me. I've never been on a train like this, ever. Didn't you win for Roseanne? Emmy? I won an Emmy. Yeah. I won some Emmys, yeah. but it was a hundred years ago. Sure. You know, it wasn't the <laughs> yeah. shish show that it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something, huh? It is. It's and, whole... and there's a strategy. Oh yeah. And you have people. You have people. <laughs> I didn't want people, but I got to sign some people. Yeah. So what? Uh, so well, it's very exciting, and I'm happy for you. But what do you what do you, what do you want to do? Do 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 you still love doing theater? Yeah, I'm going back in a couple of weeks to do. I'm going to do um, Three Tall Women by Edward Albee with, wait for it, yeah. Glenda Jackson. Wow. Right? Yeah. I'm, I can't wait to get in the room with her. Directed by Joe Mantello, who I adore. He's, uh, he's been around a while, huh? Yeah, yeah. Is this, where's it going to be, in New York? Uh, yeah, at the Golden in New York. So um, we start rehearsing in like two weeks. Glenda Jackson. Yeah. Wow, I haven't seen her in a long time. Well, she's been in Parliament <laughs> really? for like 25 years. Really? Yeah. She won two Oscars, quit, uh, was in, served in Parliament for 25 years, and then came back uh, to theater by not easing her way in, but jumped into playing uh, King Lear. She was Lear Wow! in a production and How was that London. received? Very well. No kidding. Yep. That's insane. Yeah. Who was that woman? Like, I always forget her name. Lois. Smith? Yeah. From, yes. That was in, in Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. She's, She's wonderful. So good. She's fascinating. She wow. makes it look so effortless, doesn't she? Yeah. And but she's done some That had a stuff. wonderful ensemble. Yeah, it really did. It really did. You got movies coming up? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? No one's, uh, no one's saying you want to do a movie? Nope. <laughs> do, do you like doing movies it's a little tedious isn't it i can't say that i like doing them mm-hmm. uh it, it's and it's only because of the way it's you have to approach them i mean from um working either backwards or you know right. skipping around right. and waiting um, coverage wait, yes mm. yes that's the truly a tedious part of it and uh I 
I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm just such a theater rat. And so, you know, but how long? What's I the initial prefer. run for Three Tall Women? Four months. Oh well, good. Mm-hmm. So you're you're working. You're happy. This movie's great. You're on a you know you were great in it, and uh, I'm I'm thrilled to talk to you. I know you got to get to a thing. You got <laughs> a SAG screening now. Uh huh. You got to go do a panel. You yeah. like doing the panels? I can't say that I enjoy any of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anything came up here that would you know you can use on the panel, just go ahead. You've already you know what I mean. You talked about it. Because that sometimes that happens when you talk for a while. You yeah. go like, "Oh, just bring that up." But yeah, you probably talked about you probably talked about Lady Bird a lot at these things. How many panels have you done? Well, those yeah, the sag, those sag panels. It, it's it's nice, I guess. You know, especially if you go to a screening and you get to see some of the actors come out afterwards yeah. and answer questions. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's exciting. It's exciting but, for the I mean, actors. it would be for me. You know, yeah. if I was. To, have you to, done the sag screenings before? No, no, oh, really? I, oh, no. Had. I I do, I don't do any movies. No, but I mean, you like know? for this movie, have you, have you already done several, a few? Oh, few, screen? yes. Because some of the same people come. Oh, they do. They oh, come yeah. back to see the movie yeah, again. Yeah. They just come to... back to see. Oh. I did some with Glow, and I swear to God, there's about four or five that have come to every one of oh. the SAG screenings just to get and to, just to get to see get the panel the, afterwards. Yeah, just yeah. to hang out. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's exciting. You know, it's exciting to see people in movies. I still like when I go to, when I was at the Critics Choice, and I was doing the 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 line. Uh, they were asking me, well, do you like coming to these? I've never been to one. I've never been. That was my first. I've never been to the Emmys or nothing. I've never been nominated for nothing. So that was it. And really just like, I like looking at movie stars. <laughs> I like seeing people that I really respect. Right. And I, I, I'm not ever going to approach. Right. But exactly. I just like seeing them just just to make sure that they're real. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Gary Oldham was at the next table. Yeah. And I just every once in a while I'd be like, yeah, it's that guy. He's just a person. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. You didn't meet anybody. You didn't. You oh, I've met people at all of them oh, so yeah? far. People yeah, come up to you? yeah, yeah. It's 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 great to have something. You know that. Uh, look, I feel like I'm the the been eaten at the kid table for you know <laughs> yeah. up till now, and now I'm at the grown up table, oh, and good. and thankfully I have something to talk to them about because I was in a movie. You great. know that's getting great. You know I have a reason to be well, at the grown up table. So. Well, I'm, congratulations on being at the grown-up table. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for talking to me. <laughs> Thanks. What a, a, a sweet genius. She's amazing. I love talking to Lori Metcalf. I hope you like that as well. Uh, again, Lady Bird's amazing. The revival of Roseanne will premiere on uh, ABC in March. And just a real honor talking to her. Okay, I got a guitar here. All right. Boomer lives! 